as a conqueror, experiencing the power of God in your life. Because it's only then that we can uh, cause the gates of hell not to prevail against us when we believe what the Word of God says. So we need to get rid of this doubt. So when God speaks these things to you, receive them. Understand that you have been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is your portion. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things have become new to you. You have access now that you didn't have before, access to the very throne room of God. Take advantage of it, church. That's what we got to do. And God will be glorified when you do so. Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now this is very revolutionary what Jesus is talking here. He's saying that for the first time, a man has authority in heaven and in earth. For the very first time. Uh, the Son of God has always existed. He's existed in eons past, in, in eternity past. He's always existed. But he didn't always have a physical body. And what he's saying here is that after he was raised from the dead, all power or all authority was now given to a man. But he was fully God, but yet he has a human body. And he's saying, you know, Adam had authority in the earth, God gave it to him because he gave that authority up when he bowed his knee to Satan. But Jesus took that authority back and he gained the authority in the earth. Well, not only does Jesus have authority in the earth, but he also has authority in heaven. So again, for the first time, a man had authority not only in the earth, but also in heaven. Hallelujah. So now he did that not just for himself, but he did that for us. So in both worlds, the invisible and the invisible, Jesus has authority. A man has authority in both worlds. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now that's the invitation to you and I. We need to learn to think like Jesus thinks. That's an invitation to think like Jesus. See, if I can learn to think like Jesus, I can have what Jesus has. I can experience what he experiences. If I can develop the mind of Christ, and understand that the things that Jesus experiences, I am meant to experience also. So I got to develop a thinking pattern after the thinking pattern of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got to understand that everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to me. And I got to think like he thinks if I'm going to experience the benefits of those things. So that's why Paul says here, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let's look, uh, read on. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And 
And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So what I have to do, what you have to do, is we have to learn to die to Adam. We have to learn to die to the Adamic nature. We have to learn to die to our old way of thinking if we're going to experience this type of life. So that, that mind of Christ has to be uh, relevant and evident in our life. Even the death of the cross, I must learn to die to Adam. I must disassociate myself with the old man. I got to do that on purpose. So I have to learn to think along the thoughts of, of redemption. When I think about uh, the new birth, I have to think about redemption and the, and the redemptive rights of Christ and all those benefits that are mine through faith in him. So the old man is somebody that I should disassociate myself with. I must associate myself with in thinking with the thoughts of Jesus and how he thinks at the right hand of God. So, and, and, and that's what Paul is trying to get us, get, uh, get us to understand here. A man has authority now in heaven, in earth, and in hell, as we're going to read here, verse 10. Wherefore God has, we forgot, also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So again, a man has authority in heaven, in earth, and even in hell. And, and, and again, that's what we have to think like. We have to think like Jesus thinks in terms of our authority. Because again, we're joint heirs with him. Therefore, everything that he experiences at the right hand of God, God intends for us to experience also. So that dominion in heaven in earth, and even in hell, has been delivered to us also through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? It, remember, it's a joint inheritance. It just doesn't belong to him. We also have access to that inheritance. But again, the believer is robbed of those things when he does not appropriate the victory of those things on, on purpose. With, with our, our minds have to become renewed to that. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. God, who is at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who be in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, Set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So, Jesus, when he sat down at the right hand of God, he did not sit down at the right hand of God only to represent himself. He sat down at the right hand of God. A man sat down at the right hand of God to represent mankind. Okay? Therefore, since he represents us there, God sees us seated there with him. Okay? That's how you have to view yourself when you are in, in, in your prayer life. You have to understand that you have authority through Jesus Christ and that w- when he sat down, you sat down there also spiritually. Okay? And that gives you uh, a, a boldness when you pray. That gives you boldness 
when you, are, when you, when you seek God. That gives you boldness when, when, when you confront the principalities and powers that are arrayed against you. So you don't have to be a, afraid of anything anymore because you have been raised up with Jesus Christ. Okay? Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 9. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Notice what the Bible says. He appears in the presence of God for who? For who? For us. He does that for us. All of these things that he has accomplished on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection, he did for us so that we could have, so that we could be represented in heaven. Okay? That's how you have to view yourself on a, on a moment-by-moment basis. Your, your physical body is here on earth. But spiritually, God sees you raised up, seated at the right hand of God. That is, that's your portion, that's your place in Christ, that authority that Jesus has, he has also given, he shares that authority with you and I. Hallelujah. Amen. So again, we don't have to uh, have a bad outlook about ourselves. We don't have to have a bad image about ourselves. What we have to do is develop this mind of Christ and begin to think along the lines of Jesus Christ. We've got to develop the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. It's one of those things that you have to allow to happen. Don't let the devil lie to you and steal from you your, your inheritance and the privileges of that throne room. You have to uh, walk by faith and just believe what God says instead of how you feel. So much of the time, even in our prayer life, we're, we're, we're going by how we feel. You've got to lose sight of how you feel and your natural circumstances and just believe the word. Again, that's why meditation on the word is so important. You've got to know the truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth, and the truth that you know, it'll set you free if you'll believe it. If you'll believe it. So Jesus appears in the presence of God for us. Again, I want to, I want to continue to uh, bring this point home. There is a man in the Godhead. So that he could represent us in the throne room. Okay? So that's the whole reason that God raised him from the dead and seated him there so that he could represent you and I in, the, in, in, in heaven at the right hand of God. Mr. Pacino, he Jesus represents you at the very right hand of God. Amen. Amen. And that's a place of authority and power that the church needs to get a hold to. Uh, a place of power and authority that the church needs to get a revelation of so that we can uh, shred on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. Amen. Which, that's the way God wants us to do. He wants us to tread on all the power of the enemy. He wants us to defeat Satan every single time he comes against us because he's already defeated. Amen. Amen. A power consciousness is what the church needs. We need to develop a power consciousness, and the way we develop a power consciousness is by meditating on truth like what we're talking, what we're talking about today. The privileges of the, of the throne room. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Read. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Paul is saying that he could know him and the power of his resurrection. 
What Paul is really saying is, I want to know the authority of the throne room. That's what he's saying. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, the authority that, that was given to him in his resurrection, the authority that Jesus received when he was raised from the dead. Paul said, I want to know that. I want to become intimate with that knowledge. I want to experience it in my spiritual life so that I can become more than a conqueror here on earth. So Paul says, I want to know it. Now, that, that revelation was just not for Paul, but it's for any believer who will believe it. Any believer who will step out in faith and who will receive what God says. Again, the Holy Spirit's job is to show us the things that belong to Jesus. Again, the problem with the church is when the Holy Spirit shows us these things, we disqualify ourselves because we don't believe that we're worthy. Because we don't have a, revel- a true revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus and the victory of that cross. And that's what the church needs to do. We need to focus on what God says and not so much how we feel. Feelings and our, our carnal mind will rob us of these benefits. We have to learn to, to believe what the Word of God says regardless of what's going on in our natural life. Because the enemy, he's going to bring trouble into your life to try to intimidate you off of this stance. But this is your portion, church. This is who we are in Christ. We have truly been raised up with him. And we are seated together with him in heavenly places. No weapon formed against you can ever prosper if you'll believe that. No sickness and disease can, can, can stay in your body if you'll believe that. Poverty and lack is not your portion if you'll believe that. Because you, Jesus has bought the, he paid the price for your liberation. Hallelujah. And it's information like this that's going to cause every last one of us to cross over to the other side this year as we meditate on truth. Now, religion says we, can't know, we cannot know such things in this life. That's what religion says. But the devil is a liar. Let's go, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on these things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So the Bible says, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. So that lets us know that we have access to the spiritual realm. He's saying you have the ability to seek those things that are in that throne room. You have the ability, you have the spiritual apparatus to be able to be on earth and and at the same time experience uh, the heavenly realm. Okay? You're not just a physical body, but you are a spirit man. And because you're a spirit man, you have access to two worlds, both this natural world and the spiritual world. So that's why the Bible says... Uh, seek those things that are above where Christ sits. In other words, God wants you to know the things that Christ knows at the right hand of God. You have the ability uh, by way of the Holy Spirit to receive that type of revelation. But what you have to do, what what we have to do is slow our minds down and start listening to our spirit man. Okay? We have to learn to, to, to hear what God says concerning the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why, again, Paul said, I want to know him 
and the power of his resurrection. I want to know the, the victory of that cross. I want to know it in fullness, hallelujah, while I'm here on earth. I want to know Jesus in a way that the natural man can't know him because of the power of the Holy Ghost that's dwelling on the inside of me. So Paul made a, made a, uh, a conscious effort to seek those things. He says in verse 2, set your affections on things above. In other words, I got, to, I got to put my mind on the things that Jesus has done for me on Calvary and the victory of those things. I got to know that because I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, I can come to God at any time for any reason. God will never reject me. He'll always accept me because the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that I'm, I'm accepted in the beloved. So I'm not a beggar. I don't have to eat crumbs anymore. I can sit down at the very table of God and experience the very best that God has to offer. And I don't have to be ashamed anymore to do that. I can go, in, I can go into the very throne room of God in boldness with an understanding that I will be heard. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is always heard. My God. You know, God hears us just like he hears Jesus. We got to get a hold of that. That's the whole reason he raised him from the dead and seated him at, at, at his own right hand with a physical body. So that, we could, so that he could represent us there and that we would be heard because of him. Hallelujah. We need to take advantage of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. For we are dead, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So we need to lose sight of the natural man. Our life is now hid with, with Christ in God. So I have, to, I have to know who I am in Christ if I'm to benefit fully from what God wants me to experience in this new life. And again, I do have the spiritual apparatus to do so because I'm filled with his Holy Spirit. I have the very fullness of God dwelling on the inside of me. And that's for any born-again believer. The moment you get born again, the devil is no match for you anymore. But our minds have to become renewed to that so that we can uh, face him in the reality of that victory. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we're, we've been commanded not to pay so much attention to this natural world, but to put more attention on the unseen realm. Because God understands that the unseen realm has power over the natural realm. It's the superior realm. Therefore, the child of God, because you're born again and you're a spiritual being, you, you, you and I need to pay more attention to that unseen realm where Christ lives or where Christ sits because that is where our power source comes from. When He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, because, see, the things that are seen can be changed by the things that are unseen. So I need to pay, put more attention on the unseen realm. I need to put more attention on the things that I... I need to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. 
I need to learn to understand that that's, this is the life that Jesus lives, and everything that he sees, I can see also. And experience has a part of my inheritance. So I'm commanded to enter into the unseen realm. I'm commanded by God to, to enter into that unseen realm because that when I do that, I'll rule and reign. I'll rule and reign with Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody just waiting. Well, you know, we, we, we want to rule and reign when we get to heaven. No, God wants you to rule and reign right now. Because you have been given the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures to be able to do that. Glory to God. Now, let's go to the book of Ephesians. That's, my, that's one of my favorite books in the Bible. We're going to spend some time there. Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Notice what the Bible says, that God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we're already blessed. We have all, and that word blessed means empowered to prosper. That's what the word blessed means. So we've already been given the ability, uh, and we, we, we are already empowered to prosper in this life. A lot of times, uh, you know, we're asking God to bless us. But because the reality is we're already blessed. We already have everything we'll ever need. But all of those blessings are located in the unseen realm. And if I want to experience them, I need to become acquainted with that unseen realm. I need to become acquainted with it by faith and understand that all these spiritual blessings are my inheritance. And the devil doesn't want me to experience those things. That's why he wants to keep me, my mind, in the natural. That's why he wants to keep my mind focused on the natural circumstances of life. But once I realize that the spiritual blessings are in the spiritual realm, that, that my inheritance is in the spiritual realm, I'll begin to focus on those things that are at, with Christ at the right hand of God. I'll start seeking those things. I'll start praying in the Spirit. And when I pray in the Spirit, God will begin, will begin to re- reveal these things to me by faith. So, I'm going to read that verse again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Let's look at verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an, inher- an inheritance. We have obtained an inheritance. We've already got it. Everything we'll ever need, the Bible says we've, we've already got it. We have obtained it. It's present tense. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. The Bible says we've, we've already obtained it. Now, in order for me to enjoy it, I've got I to release faith for it. I've got to believe that those things that, that are mine in the spirit realm, I, I, can, I can receive those things. All the healing that I need in my physical body, it's already been accomplished. All the prosperity that I need in my, in, my, in my finances, already accomplished. All the uh, victory I need for my family, already accomplished. But I must learn to access those things by faith. We've already obtained that inheritance. The only thing is that the enemy is trying to blind our minds from that and keep us in the dark where these things are concerned. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So 
in the mind of God, it's already done. The inheritance is in force right now. I don't have to wait on it. Uh, let's go to Ephesians 1 and 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and that what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Ward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, <coughs> far above all principality and power and might and dominion and in every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of, over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, that's part of the prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. All of that was a, a part of his prayer. Um, the people at Ephesus, they were good Christians. They, were, they loved the Lord just like we do at, at the Ark Fellowship. But they didn't have revelation of the things that we're talking about today. They didn't have a, 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 an understanding of those things that were theirs as an inheritance in the spiritual realm. And Paul had to pray for them that their eyes would be open concerning these things. This prayer right here in Ephesians is a prayer that you need to become acquainted with if you're not already. You need to learn to pray this for yourself. I can preach this uh, this week and next week and hereafter. But if you don't begin to pray along these lines, the eyes of your understanding won't be enlightened to, to these things. So as you study the Word of God, before you study the Word of God, pray this prayer. That God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. See, and, and, and see, what happens when you pray that prayer, the Holy Spirit, who is commissioned again to show us the things that belong to Jesus, he begins to reveal to us all those things, all the benefits of the cross and the victory of it where the church is concerned. So it's, it's, it's important that you learn to pray along those lines. You don't have to pray those words verbatim, but you, it's good to pray along those lines as a pattern so that God can truly uh, open, open our eyes and show us the hope of his calling and, 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 and the inheritance that's ours by faith so that you don't have to walk around in the dark and wonder and hope and pray that whether or not God's going to uh, give you the victory. You'll know that he's going to give you the victory because he's, you're already blessed. You already got it. Amen. We're trying to get something we already got. What we need to do is start appropriating the promises and begin to take back everything that that dog, the devil, has stolen. I say it's time to take back what he's stolen. Amen. Because it's ours. And he, and he steals, and the reason he's able to steal it is because we don't know. And he takes advantage of us. The Bible says, God says about his people, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Simply because they don't know, God's people are being destroyed. And the enemy's taking advantage of us. But once we get a revelation of these things that we're talking about tonight, our throne room privileges, 
then you can start taking back everything that he stole. Everything that the, the, the canker worm and the caterpillar have eaten, God's going to begin to restore those things to you in 2015. Can you believe that? I, I, I don't want to play church tonight. I want you to receive these things tonight. God wants you to have these things. Not just talk about them. It's time out for just talking about these things. It's time that we, we begin to possess our inheritance. It's time that we begin to possess it by faith and refuse to be refused anymore. I made up my mind a long time. I'm not eating no more crumbs. I refuse to. Crumbs are, that was for the Cyprinician lady because she was not in covenant relationship with God. You and I are commissioned to sit at the very table of God, in the very presence of our enemies. That's your portion. Anything else is, is, is living below your privileges. Begin to confess these things out of your mouth. Begin, begin to believe what the Word says. And then watch God start manifesting these things in your life. Destiny. Your destiny is at stake. The whole reason that he, that he created you, your purpose, is at stake. Begin to let the devil know it, it's over. It's over. It's not happening no more. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you had he quickened. And you had he quickened. You had he made alive. Somebody say me. Me. You had he made alive. That's what that word quickened means. You had he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. He's made you alive for a reason, for a purpose. In this dispensation. Somebody say, well, it'll be good when we get to hell. No, it can be good now. You can experience it now. If if we'll only take a hold to the word of God and believe it. You had he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us. See, this, this mercy, it, it, it's all because of mercy. See, here's the thing. We have to understand and get a revelation. We don't deserve any of it. We don't. It's grace. It's unmerited favor. You have to understand that the, that the only reason we're getting this is because of God's great mercy and love. Receive it. Hallelujah. He wants you to receive it. He wants you to experience that grace in its fullness. Paul, Paul got a hold of that revelation. He said, I am what I am because of the very grace of God. He reached out and he received that unmerited faith. He didn't deserve it, but he received it and said, yes, God, I believe you. And that's what you have to do. You have to say, yes, God, I believe you. Every promise in Christ Jesus is, is yes and amen. Hallelujah. You gotta have, you gotta say amen when God begins to speak these things to you. Don't disqualify yourself with a closed mouth. You gotta speak it out of your mouth. Confess it out of your mouth. Who you are in Christ. When you, when, 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 when you, when you're in the back room of your, of your, of your house and the enemy is speaking those lies to your mind, how many of y'all, the, the devil speaks lies to your mind? You know how you, how you uh, combat that? Cast down those imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You got to cast it down. Then you got to start speaking out of your mouth what the Word says. Tell the devil, not anymore. Greater is he that's in me than he who is in the Word. 
This is not just, just words that we're saying. This is the very word of God. This is who Jesus is at the right hand of God. And I'm seated there with him. And I'm, I've been raised. I, he quickened me together with Christ. Hallelujah. And again, it's not because I deserve it. By grace I'm saved. It's unmerited favor. Hallelujah. And I'll walk in it. And I'll experience it. And I'll glorify God in it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's your portion. Verse 5. <clears throat> Even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. There it is. There it is. There it is. He's quickened us together with Christ. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he saw you raised from the dead at the same time. He has that perspective. He, when he saw Christ raised from the dead, he saw you raised at the same time. Hallelujah. We've been quickened together with Christ. Forever in union with him. Throughout all of eternity, we're in union with him. We, have, we can experience what he experiences. Glory to God. We're one with him. He prayed that in, in, the, in the book of John. Father, I will that they will be one even as we are one. Hallelujah. We need to believe these things. We need to, when, he, we, when we read the Bible, read the Bible and believe it, man. Don't be like the disciples who they worship and doubt it at the same time. You know what I mean? Just believe the word. And watch God show up. Watch God show up. It's incredible what faith will do. <clears throat> Verse 5 again. For Even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he's made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I like to use this as an illustration up there in Calvary when I'm talking to the people. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. He's at the right, a man is seated there. When God sees Jesus there, he sees you there also. He sees you seated together with him in a place of authority. A place of authority in the earth, in heaven, and even in hell. That's why you and I have authority over the devil in the earth. That's why in his name you can cast out the devil. Amen. We've been commissioned to shred on, tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, or over all the authority that the enemy has because of this ascension. Because that's who you are in Christ and that's where you're seated. Glorify God with that knowledge and do so. Use that knowledge to defeat the devil in every area of your life. Refuse to be refused anymore. Glory to God. Verse 7. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8. Spend some time there. Romans chapter 8. Verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Holy Spirit, if you'll believe these things, he'll bear witness with your spirit that these things are true. 
As you meditate on the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will be, begin to confirm these things to you. You'll get a, you'll get a witness in your spirit, hey, this, these things are true. God really did do all these things for me. It has, to, it has to become personal. It can't just be that, well, God did that for the preacher or God did that for that super Christian. No, he did it for you. And you have to receive it that way. Next verse. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's what I want you to see tonight. If you don't get anything else out of the teaching tonight, understand that you are joint heir with Jesus Christ. That's why when I make that statement, everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to me, it's true. I wouldn't believe it, but it's in the book, so I believe it. I'm, joined, I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Everything that, that the inheritance that Jesus owns has, has by way of the inheritance, I have access to it also. Glory to God. Again, that just blows my natural mind. But I, again, I'm not, I'm not living by my natural mind anymore. I've developed a mind of Christ. I've learned to think like he thinks. Hallelujah. I've allowed his thoughts to become my thoughts. Therefore, I experience what he experiences on a moment-by-moment basis. Hallelujah. The devil wouldn't dare try to put sickness on Jesus, would he? Well, why does he, why does he try to pull it on us? Because we don't know. Because we're ignorant of the truth. That's why. Ignorant doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means we just don't know. It hadn't, we haven't received it has revelation knowledge. He wouldn't try to tell G, take, take, uh, take any of Jesus' prosperity, no, because he knows he doesn't have any right to do so. Well, he doesn't have any right to do that to you either because you have an inheritance, and you share in that inheritance with Christ. Again, meditation on the truth causes these things to become real to you and real to me. As I meditate on these things over and over and over, and the Holy Spirit begins to paint a picture of victory in my heart. He begins, begins to paint a picture of, of that I'm more than a conqueror in my heart. And then I begin to walk these things out. And then what happens is God begins to uh, back his word up in your life. You begin to see the manifestation of these things in your life. You, go, you begin to go from glory to glory in these different areas of your life. But it's only as you believe. We receive these things by faith. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. That the heir, as long as he is a child, as long as he stays immature in these areas, he differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. The, the, the person, the moment you and I get born again, these things are ours. But if we stay immature in this knowledge, we'll never experience those benefits because the enemy is able to take advantage of us. Even though all these things are ours. Now the book says, though he be Lord of all. That's talking about uh, uh, the inheritance and, and our access to that inheritance. The healing. The deliverance, the blessed life here on earth, all those things are, are part of the inheritance. And all those things we have uh, access to, but we don't experience them if we don't understand how to access them by faith. Let's look at verse 6. And because ye are sons, 
God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That word Abba, Father is a very intimate word. It means Papa. It means Daddy. You have to see yourself from that viewpoint that God is truly your Father. So many people, man, they don't really have a, a, a relationship with God like that. And really it's tragic because that's the whole reason Jesus went to the cross. So that we could have a, 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 a relationship with God that was intimate in the same way that he had when he walked the earth. So uh, the Bible says that because we're sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. So when we begin to meditate on these truths, sonship becomes re- a reality to us. And we don't approach, it changes the way that we approach God. We know that when we enter in, into the throne room, we're going to be heard. We know that when we enter into the throne room, our petitions are going to be received, this, are going to be received from God. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know then that we have the petition that we've desired of him. That's sonship. That's going into the throne room with an agenda and an understanding that God's going to hear me. Not because I'm good, but because Jesus is good. Hallelujah. Not because I deserve it, but because Jesus deserves it. And everything that he deserves, I benefit from because I'm a joint heir with him. So I'm not disqualified. I don't let the devil disqualify me with condemnation anymore. Condemnation is a thing of the past. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Walking in the spirit is simply believing the word. Walking in the spirit is simply believing what the word says and then flowing with the Holy Spirit in that knowledge. And he leads you into your inheritance. He begins to speak to you those things that belong to you as a result of the victory of the cross. And you're no longer denied those things because of who you, because of your understanding of who you are in Christ. Come on, church. Let's get this tonight. Don't let this teaching go by without saying, you know what? I'm going to receive these things. No more. No more. No more walking away empty handed. This is your portion. Hebrews um, 4. 4.14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So, that's a revelation that Christ is, is at the right hand of God and because of that, I can experience these things. I actually... Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 3. That's my bad. Hebrews chapter 3. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our professor, Christ Jesus. Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. See again, we can partake of this heavenly calling because we have access to that heavenly realm. That's why the Bible it calls you holy. Now, if, some, if I walk up to Brother Paul right there and I say, uh, Brother Paul, you're holy. You know, a lot of times what will happen is we'll, 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 we'll start thinking like Adam and say, no, nah, I'm not holy. Because we start denying these things because we don't feel holy. Mm-hmm. What we have to do is receive what God says about us. You're holy, brethren. 
and, be, and you're a partaker of that heavenly calling. So I begin to realize that holiness is of the Lord, and I'm in Christ, so I'm holy. And because of that, this spiritual realm where Christ lives, I can experience that too. Again, it's a whole, it's, it's, it's just having your mind renewed where these things are concerned. I'm a partaker of the heavenly calling. I can partake of that. I can partake of everything that Jesus partakes of at the right hand of God. Now, let's go to 4 again. Hebrews 4, verse uh, 14 again. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our confession of faith. Don't stop speaking the word. Stop, don't, don't, don't get into unbelief and begin to speak things that are contrary to the things that we're talking about today. Don't begin to speak things that are contrary to the covenant. Because when you do that, you put a, you put a stranglehold on the power of God in your life. So I must begin to learn, I must become covenant-minded so that I can have covenant words consistently coming out of my mouth so that I can experience the covenant blessings. When I speak covenant words, it puts the angels of God to work in my life. When I speak covenant words, it causes heaven, it gets heaven's attention and the very powers of the world to come and the very angelic help that I need will be there for me. But I have to uh, continue to have a covenant mindset. Therefore, I continue to speak covenant words. And I'm closing. Verse 15. But we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. The reason the Bible says that you can come boldly to that throne of grace is because of what Jesus has done. That access will never be denied. The blood has secured that. His blood has secured that. We've got to continue to believe these things, that we do have that access. And everything that we pray for, by faith, we can believe we receive. What things whoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, the Bible says, and you shall have them. Jesus wasn't just talking when he said that. He meant every word that he said. And the reason that's so is because of these throne room privileges. I try to put a lot of scripture in the one teaching tonight because I know I'm just my only time to teach you. <laughs> I, I, I usually go a lot slower than this. We, sometime up there in Calvary, we'll go over two scriptures for the whole 45 minutes. But uh, just try to get so much word in tonight because God wants you to receive from him. He wants you to receive from him. But it's through the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth that you know, it'll make you free. Every head bowed. Father, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, you are the one who reveals Jesus. You are the one who opens our eyes to who our Savior is.
and what he has done. These words that have been spoken tonight, they mean nothing without your empowerment, without your ability to convey these thoughts to your people. My prayer tonight is that the word has found good ground, that it would germinate as a seed in the hearts of your people, and that the enemy would not be able to steal it. Because he can't steal it when they have understanding. So I pray that this word that they have received would bear fruit. And that that fruit would remain and glorify God. May your people experience the very best of the covenant as they enter in boldly to the throne of grace every day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.